when the people of God come together, there is an atmosphere, there is an environment where the Lord can move. Because there's an alignment in our hearts which makes a runway, it opens up a path for him to move. He will come after the one, leave the 99 and come after the one. But in that community, he functions in great power. And I don't mean just physical community, even though that's wonderful to have and be together. But I mean in our alignment of our hearts. Some of you can't be here in person, but if you're aligned in heart with the rest of us, that opens a path here, there, all over the place for God to do what he is doing. Of course, because we're human, we like to be together. And uh, I just want to remind you that next Sunday, Pastor Steve Otley, the district superintendent of the Church of the Nazarene, Canada Central District, will be with us and he will be bringing the message. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I always enjoy being with him. And uh, he's a spiritual father to us as a church and uh, a good man of God, a humble man of God. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Today, however, we have a different direction we're going to. Not a different direction. We have a different voice we're going to be hearing from uh, the family here. Lara is going to be coming up in a minute. So as we prepare our hearts for her, we're going to just pray for her and bless her. I want to remind you that I'm leaving this afternoon, so I'm going to be heading out straight after the service. Uh, I head out to the airport and uh, heading to Turkey for the SAT 7 meetings. Some of you are asking, what is that? And who is it that sat? Well, it's sat short of for satellite and seven for heaven. And uh, it's a ministry that was started in Cyprus and it ministers 24-7 in four different channels. The first is in Arabic and it's a family channel. The second is a children's channel that has been very effectively ministering to young Arab-speaking children, especially those that have been displaced because of earthquakes, wars, conflicts in the region, you name it. They haven't been able to attend school. So SAT7 Kids has been ministering educational programming to children uh, that is Bible-based, but is accredited and they're getting credit for it. The third language that was started was Farsi. So uh, they've been, we've been doing Farsi programming with different speakers. Some of them are English speakers that have been, you know, uh, globally recognized, that have been dubbed. Others are homegrown local ministries out of London, out of California. We're looking forward for out of Toronto that are ministering in Farsi. Some of it is in Urdu. Some of it is in other languages of the region, but it's to that portion of the world. And most recently, and I mean like six, seven, eight years ago now, in Turkish. So this meeting, this is the annual international leadership meeting. And I chair the board here in Canada, so I'm going to represent Canada. I think this helps you understand where I'm going and why I'm going. And I represent the Canadian board and to the international discussions. And uh, it will be held in Antalya, Turkey. And the decision wasn't made for me personally to attend, even though we had decided earlier as a team that I need to go. But I didn't get my ticket until recently because of the earthquake and the consequences of the earthquake. A lot of the people that were affected, even though Antalya is not in the region of the earthquake, it's safe. Uh, however, many people 
were displaced. So they have come in and all the hotels and all the different places in Antalya have been filled with uh, uh, locally displaced people. So we're going to be praying for that. Uh, last week we prayed for my trip, so I ask you to continue to pray. It's a hard trip. It's about 20 hours there and 20 hours back, bumping around in an airplane. Uh, but once I get there, it starts, the meetings keep going. So keep me in your prayers. But let's shift our hearts now from all of these different announcements to just invite Lara up here and pray for her. Lara is one of our leaders. She's our treasurer. She's uh, part of the uh, City River leadership team. And uh, she is phenomenal. Uh, I love her. Uh, I love her husband. I love her kids. And uh, we're going to be sending the kids off now to Sunday school. Is that right? So bless you guys. Uh, may the Lord use you and minister through you and to you as you're down there. Unless you wanted to stay up here and hear mom tonight or today. but Yeah, I know. You're going to watch it online. Bless you. <laughs> All right. Let's just extend our hands to Lara. Father, we thank you for Lara. Uh, a daughter that was raised in this house from her young age and her family and what you have been doing in them and through them. We thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness that she walks in. We ask that you continue to bless her, bless her mind, bless her spirit, bless her hands, bless what she is about to speak, and may it be a blessing to her as she ministers to us. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hi, everyone. You can hear me? Okay, and you can see that. So I have some good news today. <laughs> um, you're supposed to be here on earth at this time, at this hour. And God has created you with a purpose in mind. You are not here just, you know, um, just because. Um, but he chose you. He chose you to be here um, at this time on earth and, um, and he has a great plan and purpose for your life. And he knew he wanted you here before you were even conceived before the foundations of the earth. The word says he knew that he wanted you here. So, um, I'm going to be staying in Ephesians. <laughs> um, and this is the, this is the word that I'm going to focus on Ephesians 2:10. For we are God's, this is the NIV version, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So his word says that he had a plan for our life. He has prepared something for us to accomplish in life on earth. Um... And before we were conceived, he had that plan in mind. And there's a plan for your life that only you can accomplish on earth at this time. And he chose to work like that. You know, I've often wondered, like, God's God. He can do anything he wanted to, right? He's given all authority to um, Christ. <laughs> but he's also given all authority to Satan at this time. Um, but he's ultimately God, and he could, you know, if he wanted to do something, he could. But he chooses 
to work through us, just like he chose to work through Christ. And um, now this doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to share this. So we, we talked about what Christ did on the cross. He died for us. Um, and, um, you know, Ephesians, right before this, right before 2.10, in 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved <clears throat> through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one could boast. But right after it, he says, do good works. So we are called to do things, okay? We have a calling on our lives, but it doesn't save us. We cannot add to our salvation, right? Like, we can do a lot of things for Christ, in Christ's name, but it doesn't mean that that those works are what what's going to save us. Um, it's, you know, he did it. We accept him, we receive him into our hearts, and we're saved. Um, but he still has work for us to do, things to accomplish here on earth that we can only accomplish. So that's what I would like to cover today. Um, and I know that the world is dark, okay? And I don't know about you, but growing up, I watched um, uh, shows like Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> I Love Lucy. Do you guys remember those shows? And I thought, I always thought, I belonged in the 50s. Like, that's, that's when I should have been born. I would have, you know, embraced the poodle skirts and the, the roller skates. And, you know, like that should have been my time. And my kids look back to the 90s. They, they watched Friends during COVID and they were like, we should have been born in the 90s. You know, those look like the good old days. And when we look back, it always feels like the good old days. But we're called to be in this season of life. And God really has a purpose for us to accomplish. Um, and so what I want to talk about today is, um, you know, looking back to history and looking back at some of the greats um, in the Bible and what they were called to do and how they did it. Um, so... Yeah, we have free will, okay? So we do what God has called us to do. And, you know, I'll share a little bit from my life. So I'm an accountant uh, by trade. Um, and six, seven years ago, I decided that I'm going to follow my passion um, and fall, you know, go into nutrition. And that was a scary move for me because, I mean, you know, I had comfort, I had a salary, I had things that I was doing, but I really felt like God was calling me into nutrition. And during my um, decision to, you know, move, etc., it was hard. It was, it was a hard, very hard decision, um, not because I didn't want to, but, but because there were a lot of fears that were holding me back. Um, there was the fear of the unknown, fear of failure, lots of fears. And at that time, I decided that um, I was just going to, I mean, I sought wisdom and I sought prayer, but really, I decided to trust God. And, and I said, yes. Now, do I feel like my ultimate calling, that thing that God has put on my life is nutrition? 
you know, to bring health to people, partly, but I feel like saying yes to that um, is going to help me and is helping me say yes to bigger things. Um, you know, ultimately, I, I feel like I have a sense of what my, what God's desire for my life is, but saying yes in the process of doing scary things, being here talking to you guys, um, is, is part of, um, is part of the journey. And, you know, you continuously say yes, and he takes you where you want to go. It's the small daily yeses that really accumulate. And if we look back, you know, in the Bible, like, what was Christ's purpose? Christ came to this earth. We sing about it, right? He, he died for our sins. He died for our sins. His ultimate um, you know, God's ultimate uh, design for his life was for him to die for our sins and for us to be reconciled to God through him. But he also had daily assignments, and he also had free will. He could have said no. He could have. He could have said no. And, you know, um, I'll share, you know, we know when right before he was uh, crucified, he was praying, and he was praying with, like, so, so it, was, it was not an easy yes for him, but ultimately he said yes. But on his journey, he, he had a journey, um, and he had daily yeses. Um, and, and our yes, like, you know, what I hope to do with this, you know, with, with what I'm sharing today, is for you to um, search and journey with God and help him reveal to you what that thing is that he's put on our hearts. I feel like we, you know, when I first started working, I, I kept thinking, the next thing is going to fulfill me. The next... Um, promotion, the next degree. I became a CMA, and then, you know, I graduated from accounting, I became a CMA, and I thought, no, that's not enough. I'm going to go become a charter accountant, so I became, that's going to fulfill me. And I kept looking for fulfillment, and I kept searching, and nothing was fulfilling me. Like, it was just not enough. And until I really started to journey with God, and you guys, you know, might be ahead of me in terms of your journey with God. But until I started to journey with him and I started to say yes in the small things, I didn't, you know, I started to feel fulfilled in that place that I was in at the moment. You know, I stopped really searching. And I know that God has lots of plans. It's really exciting to live with him and dream with him and walk with him. Um, but it's also... Um, stretches you <laughs> and puts you in places that you didn't imagine you would be. And, you know, so I want us to look back and think back to, you know, Moses. Moses had a plan for his life. The plan, God used circumstances, and he put him in places where he didn't even want to be. You know, Moses was, he, he deferred to his brother to do the talking for him, even though God said, 
this is your calling. So he had a calling. And can you imagine if um, he didn't, right? Paul, the author of Ephesians, he was, um, his, his calling was to reach the Gentiles. And that's what he's doing through these letters. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was to give birth to Christ. And her calling was to say yes. Um, but you know, what's amazing is that we're not puppets. God has given us free will and it's, it's, we have, we can say yes and we can say no. And, um, you know, I, 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 I love stories of people like uh, I read this book years ago about near death experiences. It was a Christian, uh, it was a pastor and he'd accumulated all these near death experiences. And they, these people talk about going to heaven and being before God, before Christ, actually, they all describe him as they, they feel like it's Christ. Um, and their life flashes before them and they feel everything and they see everything. And I don't know if any of them talked about this, but I also feel like we're going to see, and maybe we're not, but that's what I feel like. We're, I'm going to be before God and see the life that I was supposed to live, see the things that I was meant to accomplish. And um, I don't want to live short of that. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But I really, I want to be able to stand before God and hear, you know, you've done good. You did good. You lived the life that you were supposed to live. You reached the people that you were supposed to reach. Um, and and I want that for all of us. So, um, <clears throat> but they weren't perfect, right? Like I said, Moses was afraid to talk to Pharaoh, so he got his brother to do it. Um, so he does. He's not looking for perfect people. Abraham lied about his wife being his sister. Paul, who's writing Ephesians, he persecuted the church. He was stoning um, the apostles, and um, but they just had one thing in common. They said yes. When they were called, they said yes to God. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And they said yes daily. Okay. So Jesus said, um, picked up his cross. So he knew his ultimate was to die on the cross for our sins. Um, but he also knew that um, he had a daily um, assignment. And we have daily assignments. I have a friend who a, a couple of years ago, it was during COVID, every day her and her husband would take communion um, for a season. I don't know if they still do it, but for a season they would do, uh, take communion every morning together and they would um, accept the assignment that the Lord had for them today. You know, before they started their work, before they started taking care of the kids, before they did anything, they would take communion. And um, they would say, you know, Lord, Jesus, just as you received and you completed your assignment that 
you know, that was prepared for you in advance. We accept and we receive the assignment that you have prepared for us. So, so Jesus picked up his cross and, you know, had his daily assignment and, and he lived it. You know, I've often been like, because um, there's a tug. Uh, I, I don't know for you, but there's a daily tug for me. I feel like I know where God wants me to go and I'm working towards it. And part of that is my work, my daily work. Um, but there's also a tug between, you know, doing that and also living out your daily life and, and you, doing the things that you know he, he's called you to do. And, and I believe that all that we have at the end of our lives is relationships, the people that we have, that we touch, the, the people that we take to heaven with us, the, the way that we bless the world around us, the people that we really um, touch. So, for, so I like to work. I love to work. Um, and I get really prickly when people, um, interrupt my work. <laughs> and I've often actually been jealous of pastors because I feel like, gosh, they have like, they could spend all day in the word. They just plan their, I know, I know, right? I know. Uh, that's not true. It's, it's, um, <laughs> but you know, they have the, the, their work is their call. Like the, what, what God wants us to do for all of us is to reach people and love people. That's their work. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, for me, it's living in a way and picking up my cross daily. And I'm not definitely not perfect at it. Um, in order to do the work that he has for me, because it's the little yeses that accumulate. Um, and that's what Jesus was doing. You know, as he was preparing to die for our sins, he was saying yes. Even when he was tired, you know, like um, he, he was, you know, going away from the crowd because it was, you know, a lot. Um, but he was healing them. He was raising from the dead. He was feeding them. Um, and he was teaching them on a daily basis. He was there with them. And that's what I believe we're called to do. But we can only do it, okay, if we model what Jesus models for us. He knew who he was and whose he was because he knew the Father, he knew the Word, and he said yes. And he trusted. So he knew the Father because he spent time with him. Over and over, it tells us that Jesus was withdrawing to lonely places. You know, I'm sure you guys have noticed, but I've noticed that before he did anything big, he would spend the night praying. He would, he would spend the night with God. He was God, but he still felt the need to be before God alone in lonely places, just him and God, and for him to, yeah. So he was, he knew the Father. <clears throat> um, you know, like before he, um, before he was crucified, before he chose the 12 apostles, um, he was, he spent the night um, in the wilderness praying. <clears throat> um 
Yeah, I have some verses here. Luke 6, 3, Luke 5, 16. There's a lot more. Mark 1, 35. Um, he was withdrawing to lonely places. And he knew the word. He knew the word because, um, I mean, he was trained in it. He was teaching it. He was teaching scripture. And he used it when he was tempted. So he had intimacy with God. Um, and that's what we're called to do. And then he said yes, like I said. He took up his daily cross, and um, he said yes to whatever he was called into. And he did all this, I believe, to show us, to model for us what our life is supposed to look like, um, what our faith is supposed to look like, what our walk with God is supposed to look like. Um, you know, if you... Um, Zarm is here, my friend Zarm. And um, she, for a season, she'd wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I get frustrated when I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And she learned that that was the time that God was waking her up to speak to her. So she would say, God, here I am. Talk to me. And she would spend time with him. And um, yeah, and he transformed her life um, by her small yeses. Um, which accumulated. Um, <clears throat> but it's not always easy. So this is right before uh, Christ was crucified. Um, I'll read it. So Matthew 26, 36 to 42. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and I pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me even an hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again for the second time, he went away and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So... Saying yes is not always easy, but even Christ, who was the Son of God, um, knew the plan that God had for him, and he suffered through it. And, and he said yes. <laughs> and the cross that he bore, um, thankfully, we're not asked to carry it. He did it for us. And um, as he did it, like, he was, he was dashed to pieces. He was unrecognizable. His, his in, insides <laughs> were outside. And because that's how ugly our sin was, right? That's how ugly our sin is. Um, but he did that for us so we can get before God and hear from him. I think it's just such a privilege that we have to be able to come before God whenever we want, 
um, pray to him, talk to him, hear from him, and we get to partner with him on this earth. Um, and he guides our lives if we allow him. But it's really up to us to allow him, um, to allow him to speak to us, to hold our hand, to guide us, to give us dreams, to give us visions, to speak to us about the people around us. You know, like ultimately, for personally for me, nutrition, yes. Um, but I feel like God has called me to, um, to, to ministry of some sort. And... But as I walk with him, I can hear him even as I um, talk to my clients. So initially when I went out into nutrition, I thought, do I just want to, you know, focus on Christian people? Like just that, that's where should be my focus because I really want them healthy so they can hear from God and they can do the work of God. And I kept feeling like, no, no, that's not it. You have to reach everybody and now I do now I understand why that was because as I work with clients he allows me to minister to them I have now led two um, two two of my current clients to Christ yeah <laughs> and it just it just it really happened because I was um, in tune with him and I knew that there was spiritual bondage and I asked them if they wanted prayer and they said okay and one of them at the end of the call said I think I just received Jesus into my heart and I said I think you did and she said I just feel so light and there was something in her holding her back like whatever we did it was like sticky tack like she'd keep like going back and i'm like at some point i'm like okay this is spiritual and i i said you know we prayed together for maybe five ten minutes and she you know we've met afterwards and she said the five minute prayer we did together what jesus did for me i've spent two years with um, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, two years of talking for hours on end, and it didn't help. And that five minutes with Jesus saved me. And 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 I'm not saying this like it w truly it wasn't me, but I heard from him, and I obeyed him in that moment. And I said, "Do you want to pray?" She's, and she said, okay, and we prayed. <laughs> um, and it was as simple as that. And so it's, it's living the daily life, but also not missing the mark on the moment, on the moments that he has opened up for us, um, because they are powerful. So I just challenge you. <laughs> to spend time with him, to read the word, to get to know him more intimately, not in a religious way, not because it's going to save you. You're already saved if you've accepted him into your life, but because it's going to deepen your life and you're going to go before him one day and you want to see that you have fulfilled what he's called you to do. And I believe that 
we really are the light of the world. We really are world changers. We are, could, are insignificant. On my own, I'm so insignificant. But with Christ, I'm extremely powerful. And so are each one of us. And, and all we have to do is listen to him and say yes. So I want to read, and there's power in us. And this is the, the prayer of Paul for the Ephesians. And I'm going to pray it over us. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't have anything to add to it, but I have chewed on this passage and I still don't fully get it. But I know that the power that raised him from the dead lives in each one of us if we accept him. And if that's true, which it is, because his word says it is, then there's nothing really we can't accomplish that he puts on our hearts. And, and it's, the, um, it's the intimate walking. I asked Haney one day, I'm like, Haney, but what if I make the wrong decision? What if, what if I think I heard from God, but it's not God, and what if I make the wrong decision? And he said, well, if you think you heard from God and you're doing what you think he heard, and you're walking in intimacy with him, he's going to bless it. He'll use it anyway, because you're his child, right? Like, what if your son or daughter did something that you th they thought you hurt him? And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's um, my prayer for all of you guys, and, and that's it for me. Thank you. Isn't that amazing? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Laura. Uh, it's on us now to respond. She's challenged. She's laid it out there. And uh, there's something uh, I picked up from it. Have you? Have you heard the Lord? There's the big yes, and there's the everyday little yeses. That's powerful. What is the Lord asking of you today? The little yes. Sometimes those little yeses we can very easily ignore because we've said yes to the big one. But those little yeses, you know, the, the, there's a scripture that says it's the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. 
It's not the big ones. The big ones you see, you catch, you shoot, and you kill, and you're done. But the little ones, they sneak around below the, the radar, and they can get in there. So it's those little yeses, ignoring the little nudge, but being sensitive to his voice to even make a mistake, like she said, and saying yes to what you think you heard, but you're not sure. She quoted me saying that to her. I'm going to quote my spiritual father. And uh, David Damien, he says it this way. You can never go wrong saying yes, but you can definitely go wrong. I'm, I'm paraphrasing him. He didn't say it quite this way. But if you say no, you're not going to make the mistake. You're gonna, you, you've already eliminated the option of being wrong in your mistake, right? In having heard him correctly. Does that make sense? Am I making it clear or am I confusing you? If you say yes, even if it's not the Lord, he'll work with it. If you say no, you've eliminated the options completely of him working through it. So let's be faithful. Let's work with him. Father, we thank you for the word that we received from Laura. We thank you for the journey that she is on, the examples that she has given us, the stories of people that said okay to prayer. Lord, may we be inspired by that to dare to step into areas that we are not quite ourselves sure of where you're taking us. Father, we thank you. And uh, Lord, we just ask that Today, in our simple childlike faith, as we say yes to little things, that you would take us and challenge us, stretch us. May the ears of our understanding be opened. May our eyes be opened spiritually. Jesus, you said that you only do what you see the Father do. You only speak what you hear the Father say. Impart that to us, that our eyes today would be open, like Paul prayed for the Ephesians. Like our understanding, our wisdom, our knowledge would increase. That we would be so sensitive to your voice so sensitive to your nudges that we would move with you. Like Clara said at the very beginning of her sharing her word, that you do everything today through us. You have chosen us to be your instruments of getting your work done on this earth. So we, may we be faithful, not in the 50s or the 90s, but in our generation today may be said of us like it was said of David they have served the Lord in their generation so we say to you Father you can count on us we say yes we say yes we say yes